0: what up
1: what up what up everyone um uh thank you for tuning in to another episode of the this is not that podcast i'm one of the hosts isaiah and i'm with both joanna and ralphie what's up guys
2: what's up y'all
1: y'all feeling it's post Halloween I was gonna ask you all that what did you guys do for Halloween did you do anything last night
2: I um handed out candy so I've talked about this a little bit I'm a new homeowner so Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I had all the good candy so that my house wouldn't get egged and all that stuff um Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but sadly, I feel like I didn't have a lot of trick or treaters. I was like texting people like, hey, I'm handing out candy. Come through, bring your goblin or whatever and, <laughs> to come get some of my candy because I don't want to be stuck with all this, Um, you know, and I was talking to my sister about it. Like, I feel as though Milwaukee people don't trick or treat in Milwaukee or maybe they go to other neighborhoods or communities. But um yeah, it was. It was a little sad that not a lot of people were walking my block and only one of my neighbors, somebody who lives across the street, was the other house that was handing out candy on my block. So it was a little sad, um, but still fun and glad that I did it. Um, I think I'm going to try to organize some of my neighbors next year to also hand out candy. Maybe we can have like a, a neighbor, a black thing or something.
1: Cause you know, like... I have a theory about that. That's what some people do.
2: What, Rafi? Tell me your theory.
0: See, economic theory, right? When I was growing up, I'm the resident OG on the podcast. So when I was growing up, every house on the block had decorations, whether it was Christmas or Halloween. But mm-hmm. as wages fell, jobs came out, uh, withdrew from the community, you saw less and less. And now people are making, what, $8, $9, most $10 an hour at 70 service in this job. You don't have a disposable income to, like, buy a kid that costume or put decorations on your house. Right. or the so time think, or the time right that's a great point the time so i think what we've seen when it comes to TikToking, oh i said TikTok, trick-or-treating and like uh, christmas decorations folks really don't have the disposal of income to like really fully pit into the holidays like they used to based on like what's been going on in our economy for like the last 40 years you know yeah. but that's just my theory i could be wrong
1: yeah. I mean, like when I was a kid trick or treating, I mean, I feel like maybe our perceptions, like your, 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 your memories of kid, maybe to you, it seemed like there was way more people or something. There's always like that factor, but I definitely feel like when I was a kid, there were definitely more kids trick or treating, um, uh, than, than like now, like they're There were some kids walking around my neighborhood and I went over to a friend's house and they they got like 25, but everyone roundly was kind of talking about how there aren't many trick-or-treaters. I know for a fact, some neighborhoods do do their own private thing, like the Wauwatosa Highlands, they block off the roads. And um, from what I understand, like you're not, if you're not from the neighborhood, you can't go trick-or-treat in their little private thing, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: I think like in my neighborhood, you know, I live in the near south side of Milwaukee where there's a large Latinx population. And I also think that there's there could be like a barrier in language and cultures. Right. Like trick or treating is not a thing that they do in Mexico. Right. But um, like, I don't know, I saw this family that lives across this also across the street from me. They started getting ready for trick or treating. They came out and, and literally started walking around four o'clock. Well, trick-or-treating in Milwaukee was from one to four. And so I'm wondering, like, where was the misinformation that this young family didn't know the times of trick-or-treating or, or, you know what I mean? So I also wonder, is there like a culture barrier or a language barrier that not all of our our families or or folks that want to participate even have the information to participate, which is a common theme, right? (laughs) There's always um, that there's all these resources, but do people know about the resources?
1: Yeah, it could be that. And going off of uh, Ralphie's like a point about economics, like I was lucky enough to have parents who like, even though they struggled financially, they still try to make certain things happen on the holidays for the kids, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, even if it probably put them in the hole, I guess, but. Like Ralphie said, over time, like that economic desperation has gotten increasingly worse. People are increasingly more strapped. And you might not be, even my parents were like kind of iffy about buying things that didn't last a long time. And Halloween costumes don't. I bought a werewolf costume for a Wisconsin Examiner costume contest last year. And that mask sat untouched for a year in a box it wasn't crushed or anything and I broke it out the other day to go over a friend's house and scare them and like the hair was falling out and you could see the lining I couldn't see out of it because it shrunk it's cheap you know and people who are as a a stressed werewolf basically but I love werewolves. losing hair, they're my favorite what werewolves or stressed werewolves where any
0: kind of werewolf, really. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you know what? You, you still got to find a way to enjoy it, even though we are dealing with the suffering. I, I My uncle, I remember when uh, I was, I, I forget how old I was, that had to be like five or six, and my mom set me up with my uncle, right? We lived upstairs and we heard a knock on the door, and we asked who it was, and my mom <laughs> betrayed us. She really betrayed us. She said, it's me, so it was all happy. Why we open my door, like my six foot uncle, full Michael Myers outfit on. <laughs> Man, that was the scare of my life, you know. <laughs> but those are the moments you treasure, and it's so sad that the economic impact is really having folks not be able to like participate in it. Like, my, I come from seven. I could imagine like how many, what's the dollar price on seven costumes? Right. Mm -hmm. Like what that can cost a family, not to mention the candy to put out for other people is really a luxury in a time where you don't have the benefit of luxury. Right. Like every dollar
1: means so much. So there's also the aspect of like we're really segregated here and there's a lot of stigma about the Milwaukee and people probably don't trust one another enough to allow their kids to go or treating. That's right. Which is unfortunate. Uh, What are looks you get when you roll up?
0: In Shorewood or Whitefish Bay, and they know you're not from the community, <laughs> right?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah that Is uneasy it, feeling, right? And like I said, yeah, you get that sometimes, and it's it's unfortunate, but but hey, what are you gonna do about it? I guess. <laughs> and also, I, I don't know, like just that whole conversation we just had. Also, just kind of like Halloween trick or treating. There, there, there's an aspect to it that just adds like childhood. Like kids are supposed to be kids to a certain point, and when you don't have those kinds of things, and then you have like, uh, over the last month or so, there have been a few different reports that have come out about uh, different aspects of really just Wisconsin and, and like the quality of life. For example, Wisconsin has double the national rate of uh, lead poisoning for, for children. And we lead the nation in referring children to law enforcement. Um, hmm. And Wisconsin also incarcerates one out of every thirty-six Black residents. So it's like there are these real societal, systemic, and economic pressures, and then on on top of that, like things that some people might take for granted, like celebrating holidays like that, like trick or treating. It 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 further robs them of of a childhood, you know, mm-hmm. and of a sense of community. I mean, that's yeah. such
0: a uh, depressing but yet so obvious statistics, right? Like, you know, you didn't have to tell me that we was the worst of the nation. It's good to know, but I I feel it. I see it in that community. Like, everybody I grew up with, outside of myself, really, I know, have been in the prison system, you know, and and mostly for, like, non-violent stuff, too. Like, they got caught with weed or something like that, and they get, like, yeah, six months in, six months out type of situations, right? Like six months of your life, and that that's going to forever shape you. And then when you get out, how hard it is when people look at you a certain way and you've been stigmatized, right? And how you look at yourself too, mm-hmm. what it does to you internally, you know, I, I right. recently I, I've noticed a lot of people, a lot of great people in the movement, activists and people I think really care about. Folks here in our uh, in our city in our state, they moved. They have moved to different places, and I, I left for a while too. And it, and I go back and forth on like wanting to leave again because I know if I wanted to raise a family here in the future, and if I had a son or a daughter, what that would mean for them. What would I be sensitive like not, like yeah, sensitive them too? Like what future? Um, you know, it's just a sad situation that we're in. You know, one in thirty-six uh, black residents in Wisconsin, and what is it? Uh, we only make up six percent of the population.
2: Yeah, like
0: that's that. If that doesn't show you systemic racism, structural racism, I don't know what does, right? So yeah, it's just extremely dis- depressing, but also obvious in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: and but another part of the issue is like, how do you one? one issue is like, how do you explain to people in a credible way who do not experience these things and do not understand um, and have not seen it? How do you get them past the point of being like, well, most of those people who are incarcerated, they probably deserved it or whatever, you know, that's, there is no they, they, People have been
2: brainwashed. People have been brainwashed like they're bad. I'm good. If that's wrong. This is right. Right. And it's like, well they they need to stop doing what they're doing so let's punish them and figure out like how you know like what let's figure out some harsher punishments so that they learn their lesson or something right like that narrative is is really what's destroying us i mean i i can't even like get it out of people of like what do you think locking folks up does to them right like they're going to come out and be like oh i i'm good now I, you know i'm never going to do that again right like there's so many things that happens inside of those systems, like right inside of prisons and jails and that are traumatizing to folks. Yeah. And uh, like, we never have those conversations about how that can impact people, right? Like we never talk about the lifelong or the internal traumatization, right? That happens um, when, once you're within those systems, once you get treated no longer as a person, right. But as a number, right. I've, I can remember being locked up in Milwaukee County and right. Like you go to, um, you get in line for whatever, right. Because it's always like getting people in line, stand in line for this, stand in line for that. Right. And it's like, they're yelling at you that when you get to the desk, make sure you know your number, right. Because don't tell me your name. I don't care what your name is. Like, I'm not going to even, I, you, I don't associate you with a name. I, you are a number to me. And um, and that's it. Right. I, I can even remember them saying things like you have, you, have, you see the number zero. Sometimes people say, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Five, five, three, two, oh, four, five, three. Mm-hmm. Right. If you say, oh, they will put you to the back of the line because that is not a number. You have to say zero. Like it's it's wild the way they treat you in these systems. Like but we don't talk about that. We just talk about, well, what did you do to get in there? That's the and conversation.
1: Yeah. And then the rest of the time when you're outside, when you're a kid or an adult or whatever, just when you're not in the system, it's like they treat you as a number waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. And you might go a year without something happening, but eventually you'll see something or you'll notice something or you'll get stopped and, and someone will refer to you as something or whatever, you know, like it, you'll, you'll get like the system kind of comes down and, and checks to see if you're like ripe to be picked yet and that's what i feel about these kids too you know it's like uh in some of these in in, in some of the more desperate area, uh, economically desperate areas of milwaukee it's like you're not leaving them anything you're not giving them anything yet you're expecting them to mature into perfect humans you know and when they don't you come and you arrest them and you lock them in this endless cycle you know and hmm. if and if they're not ready to be harvested yet, then you leave and you come back later, you know. So it, it yeah, <laughs> you know, you asked an
0: interesting question. I i I'm, I want to get it right. You said, what can we do to get people to see?
1: Yeah, what,
0: the impact it's having. Well, I, I under white supremacy capitalism, there's a necessity for these type of caricatures that exist. That's why they create them. The military in the prison industrial complex can't exist without them. This whole cities in Northern Wisconsin built on the black villain, Mm -hmm. It's built on these for towns to, like look how crazy that is to say, for like whole towns to exist. I need to be dehumanized to the point where everything I do can be criminalized. I have to be the big bad boogie person to some person in like, uh, Menasha or Appleton right mm-hmm. I had to be properly dehumanized where you don't think anything of me matter of fact I'm just a criminal or a criminal waiting to happen so my me being locked up and me being in and out of the system is actually protecting you so it's a whole this whole system is built on these caricatures these necessary villains in society because it doesn't operate properly if it doesn't. Right, mm-hmm. you know, the, the military. If you look from a, a global point of view, they, we need to call uh, to make every brown person across the globe a terrorist or, or a potential terrorist. And if you think about it at home, every black and brown um, person has to be a thug mm-hmm. or illegal, mm-hmm. right? These characters must exist, or whole industries will fall apart. So, unless we're talking about how do we humanize a, a group of people? Uh, to another group of people like we need to be talking about how do we destroy the system that is uh, that makes it necessary for those caricatures exist.
1: yeah and and how that system seeps into all of our psychology gradually whether you're talking about things like What's going on in many school boards around the state and around the country, where they're basically just trying to find ways to not teach uncomfortable, but yet true history. You know, they don't want to teach. They they don't want to teach about slavery. They barely even teach about it already. All right, you you're, you're it's barely getting taught already. You're getting skimmed over lots of stuff. Uh, most most stuff you honestly have to find out on your own, either through your parents or just your own research. And they're even trying to take that away because it—it's it, an odd thing to try to control his, like to try to control history like that and control what's happening. Um, is it odd? <laughs> that's what they do, right? Like you know, that's what
0: they do. Like Thomas Jefferson that was, is seen as some great man, and he had owned many, many, uh, many slaves, right? And impregnated a a, a a young girl, right? A young black, uh, black woman, right? We we always a whole lot about history that's how it, the system keeps itself going right
1: and yeah like how many all- times have you heard someone say like oh this you know not 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 all slave masters were cruel to their slaves well what if the slave ran what would happen then if they were caught <laughs> tell me that the, the there's <laughs> no such thing as a nice slave master. But I've heard people other, say that. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I'm
0: saying the whole yeah. action of enslavement, right, is is violent, right? Like, that's it right there. Nothing else. You don't got to go beyond that. For you mm-hmm. to enslave a human being is violence and abuse, right? Mm-hmm. So, but again, like, these are the lies we tell to perpetuate the system because if we ever deal with the facts of our reality, then who's social status will be interrupted and people whole identity of self will be interrupted, right? A lot of people yeah. feel good about their self based on where they are positioned in society, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think this battle over critical race theory and all this other stuff is just basically a battle over dominant narratives that people get to believe, right? Right to right. adjust to somebody's self-esteem. They even say it a little bit. I'm sorry to go on. No, it's no worries. I don't want my child to feel guilty, feel bad. It's a feeling thing. It's a feelings thing. Like, I don't want my child to feel this way, right? No, nothing about objective fat, facts or like what's real, what didn't happen. It's like, I don't want to feel bad. And when you are 62 to 72% of the electorate in the population, you really get to dictate Reality, (laughs) you get to dictate what's real, what's fact, and what's not fact. And the people who are impacted by that have to deal with it, right? In right, that's where we are now. We have we we are dealing with people who refuse to acknowledge basic history.
1: It's like you have to feel. If you see an atrocity in history and it feels and it makes you feel bad, especially makes your children feel bad, that's good because that's the first step of it never happening again. Right, right. Ever. You know, I mean, it's I I don't know. I I was about to go on a little rant, but it's it's just (laughs) embarrassing thinking that. Thinking back to the Trump administration, mm-hmm. it's embarrassing that people were literally chanting in the streets in Charlottesville, you know, you will not replace us, blood and soil, Jews will not replace us with tiki torches, hurting people in the street, you know, and and and, and, and killing people, running people over. And then that became just popular amongst nationwide. If you don't like protesters, just run them over, you know, mm-hmm. push through the crowd with your car. And it, it, it just these things repeat if you don't learn from it. And if you sanitize it and close it off into a box where you can do whatever to it, you know, it's like the, the same school board saying like, well, if you have a book about the Holocaust that says the Holocaust is bad, you have to have like another perspective on it too." like what other perspective is there? Where do you want me to draw that from? Yeah, yeah. Where, where yeah. exactly? Richard Spencer or something like I don't know.
0: So like let me ask you a question. Yeah. What do you think is the root of it? Right? I think it's social status, right? Like I think I think we live we don't talk about it a lot, but I think we live in, in some something of a caste system. And I think it's like a permanent bottom and people understand that I don't want to be at the bottom, right? So I have to justify and I know there's people at the bottom. So if I acknowledge the people at the bottom, I got to be a pretty messed up human being to be like, okay with the facts. So I got to tell myself all these lies and introduce cognitive dissonance in my mind where I see people, I can, I drive past the inner city every day to get to the freeway, but I got to tell myself they deserve those conditions because they're criminals. So because they're thugs, right? So, and that makes me feel better about myself. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a thug. And I get to keep my social status and I will never have to live in some of these, in the conditions some of these folks live in because of Whiteness or because of money, right? So mm-hmm. that's my, that's how I feel about it. I think it's a deep, it's like a, we were talking earlier, but I think it's like a VIP for social hierarchy. And a lot right. of being that VIP, and then BIP, being VIP, you need to be looking down at the minions, right? And they don't want anything that will come in and disrupt that type of dominant narrative or interruption into their
1: belief of superiority. Yeah, I have some thoughts, but uh, Joanna, did you have anything?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with you, Rafi. I think that it's this desire to, to have a higher social status, right? But that's because that's what we've been taught for, for since forever, right? Who's got, who's got the nice car? Who's got the nice clothes? Who comes from the nice house, right? Like all of these things that we're trained and like brainwashed to believe that we need in order to be, uh, you know, taken seriously or to be uh, considered to even be like worthy of life, right? Like I mean, folks literally will drive from like their suburbs, right? Brookfield, like, you know, suburbs part of, Milwaukee, like, outside of Milwaukee, drive through Milwaukee to get to, like, downtown Milwaukee and just, like, look straight ahead. They ain't looking out the window. They're not looking to the side. They consider it the bad part of the city, right? And they yeah. are just, they can't wait to get through, you know, they can't wait to, when they're on North Avenue, you know, 60th to what, like, 16th Street, right? Like, they just want to get out of there as fast as they mm-hmm. can because they don't even want to look at it. Um, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting that we think this way of like our peers of, of just any individual that somebody deserves lesser than you, just so that you can stay on top. You know, we were talking about this in relation to healthcare, right? Like folks don't want us to have this, you know, a a state healthcare, right? Because they wouldn't, they'll be damned if somebody that makes less than them or someone that doesn't, quote, work as hard as them gets the same type of healthcare or treatment that they do because that that's not, no way. I, I work so hard for this. I deserve this. They don't deserve it. They just sit at home. They don't do this right? Like, all these assumptions that people make up about other people in their mind, it's...
0: You know what's crazy? Right, yeah. Think about it. Let me ask y'all both a question. Hmm. When did y'all, at what age did y'all realize that status was attached to material economic things it feels like Kendall all
2: the way back yeah that's what i'm back. saying right
0: I, I look i remember like yeah. look, from conscious start,
1: existence yeah
0: yeah you go into certain you go into class and you walk in like you know, you see everybody with the new Jordans. you come up in there with the Kimolaji ones, right? Like you come up, like you learn, you're going to learn then when they start roasting you and they start telling you about how your mom broke and you can't afford this or that, that you need to be, you need these material things to feel like you're better than somebody else or have a soul, some type of social status, right? And then yeah. just think about how young we teach or young you learn that, that conditioning of uh, needing to feel superior to someone economically, right? Yeah. Some of the could... worst economic shaming I ever seen in my life didn't come from a rich person to a poor person. It was from another poor poor person to uh, to another poor person, right? And it's yeah. like these very marginal things too. Like you are able to afford a shoe that costs maybe fifty dollars more than my shoe, but you that makes you feel better. But it's like. Bill Gates makes more than we were making fifty thousand lifetimes, right? So it's just weird how and sick how we how early we learn how to place people in their proper quotes proper status when it comes to uh, economics and social economics uh, in our system.
1: Right, and some of that even is also ingrained from like your. Parent, uh, from your parents to you, in multiple different ways, it's like not only being taught your own his, you know, like your own history, because they may be concerned that you're not being taught it in school, but also they project their insecurities onto you because, uh, you know, you're like almost like a walking billboard for, like, like if you don't have good clothes, then it speaks to them almost you know, in, in mm. their, in like their mind. So then that's another way they ingrain in you that economic social thing that even if you're not rich, even if you're not doing well, you have to look like you're doing well, you know, for all these other people who don't matter and you don't, you know, who, who don't, you know, and, you know, it's kind of going back to one of your earlier questions about like, what do you think the root of, of it is? Like, I don't know what the root of it is per se, but I, I definitely see that, that caste, system and how it seeps into our psychology so it it, it's to where you get impoverished black and brown people who are calling for you know the national guard to come to their neighborhood too or they think that's a good idea or more police you know it's like like why why are you almost going against what would actually benefit you, you know, Hmm. take the healthcare thing. For example, I have a family member who and more power to her and God bless her soul. Really. I, 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 I I do love her. I I do love her, but I disagree, but by, but same thing with what Joanna was talking about earlier, you know, like, you know, this relative of mine was talking one day uh, about wages, for example, And how she works a kind of government job that she's worked for a while and she hasn't gotten a raise from it. I don't know exactly how much she makes, but let's say it's like $20, right? $20 an hour or something. Let's just Mm -hmm. put that out there. She disagrees with a $15 minimum wage because, and she used the example of going to a restaurant like Popeye's or something, and they're not. The, like the service isn't good enough and all this other stuff. And they don't deserve $15 an hour to work that job and not giving my food hot enough and yada, yada, yada. And, and the same thing kind of applies for healthcare for some people too. Cause one argument that people, say we don't want healthcare for all because I have a job that gives me very good healthcare. And for that to happen, I would have to give up my healthcare. And like Joanna said, I'd be damned if I give up what I have worked hard for, you know, so that everyone else can be off and in, in, in a better place, you know, uh, it's interesting how it seeps into your psychology like that to where you're arguing against wages, raising to a reasonable living wage for no other reason other than somehow you've attached your personal worth, like how you view your personal worth to your job, you know? And it's like, if I make $20 and I'm up here, someone has to make $5 and have to be down mm-hmm. here. If they make $15 and they're up here with me, all of a sudden it just destroys this whole worldview I've been indoctrinated in, you know, it, it's, it's interesting yet unfortunate. I mean, it really is
0: not, it's not surprising, right? I mean, cause this, no. again, this is something, it's like something we're taught since we're like, you know, People probably start measuring what type of baby crib. <laughs> you know, oh, that's a cheap baby crib. Look at that, dude, look at that baby crib. You know, like, or,
1: that or like the stroller. Like the stroller. Like a, yeah. The strollers
0: is a big economic like indicator of like where you are at in society. Like do you have the one with the, the lights on here or the, the one that plays music? It has a Bluetooth, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, right? decked out strollers I'd be walking in sometimes like a cafe in Shorewood or something like it's it's like a Cadillac (laughs) (laughs) but it also
0: does harm because it it stops progress right we was talking about that I think it was me and you and Joanna was talking about this we was talking about public transportation right yeah a lot of reasons why people don't mess with uh like you go out east there's no social stigma around like the subway or the metro but here, right. like, if you get caught on the uh, corner waiting for the bus, it says something about you. Like, like, oh, that, he, they broke. You're that definitely
2: board. the topic of conversation. Absolutely. Right, right. Like,
0: if people are looking at you judging, well, public transportation is exactly what we need when it comes to addressing some of these uh, high rates of car accidents or even when it talks about cutting our emissions. But our need for, to feel like this social status around having a car and not being on a bus prevents us from progress, right? Like right. it's so sick in that way that it, it, it prevents us from actually doing things that are so necessary for our survival. It's almost mm-hmm. like a death trap, right? And it's all at the behest of like consumerism and like uh what right. I uh the prison industrial complex and the military industrial complex, all these different complexes that we deal with with under the structure of White supremacy, cap, white supremacy capitalism.
2: Where human that, bodies
1: are being commoditized, basically.
0: Yeah. Still. And like, uh and then I just want to distract you. Like, so uh what's the guy's name? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook has come up with this thing called metaverse, where it's this virtual reality world where all you have to do is go on and put on fuck, I mean pit on goggles, right? And you are now in this virtual reality world where you can have all you want, all the things you wanted in reality. Like a house with a great view or to be able to be in the rainforest or whatever like that that you can't afford because they pay you terrible wages at your job so you don't have it now you get to have in this fake world right
1: that's terrifying right it really is it's like like the rainforest is dying
0: (laughs) (laughs) right what does it mean for society that my virtual reality world is going to be i would much rather spend my waking hours in this fake virtual reality world because at least there I am, I have some type of social status, right, that I can make up than in this real world where everything is judged on social status and I have none, right? Mm-hmm. How, but How does that your
2: Right. I mean, but look how they're playing us, though, like, like when I think about the public transportation, right, we were talking about this the other day, the three of us, and it's like, you know, nobody wants to be seen riding the bus, right? Nobody wants to have to go stand at the bus corner and get on the bus, but what if we had this fancy hop, right? Going up and down Greenfield or up and down Fond du Lac or Capital, right? Like, what if we had that? What if we had access to, you know, free transportation for that first year that the hop was out, right? Like they play us because they want us to have cars and all that, right? So that they can then turn around and give us parking tickets or tickets for not Mm -hmm. having insurance or, you know, you didn't register your car or whatever it is. Right. But they don't, but they won't, you know, try and be experimental with us and give us like some fancy train, like the hop. And like, I don't know. I just think that it's so funny how they like, it's a trap, right? Like it's a whole system of traps just waiting for us to fall because we know once we fall, like there's no way you're going to get back up.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, the police pulled you over because your car, because your car plate isn't registered. That's your fault. That's a $200 sticker, (laughs) my friend.
2: And then then you get a ticket.
1: Yeah. And people will steal that. (laughs) And people (laughs) will steal that from you. Now, if you're growing up in a neighborhood where you don't even lock the doors at night because you think everything is so safe, you probably don't know about this here, about cutting up your sticker so that someone doesn't come in the middle of the night and take that off of your plate. Mm. And your catalytic converter, because there's no money to go around, <laughs> and people are getting creative. <laughs> it's okay. You'll 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 yeah. you'll drive off in your cars. <laughs> I have a lot of
0: embarrassing facts for my youth, but one of the most embarrassing is I didn't get my my driver license. I was 29. Yep, mm. 29. It's not okay, be, man. Not, not because I didn't know how to drive. It's because I I jumped in the car, got a bunch of tickets for driving without a license. Right, but I needed a car to get to my job. Right. Couldn't pay the tickets off. Kept on getting them. Then I got to a point where they just suspended it. But I still had to get to a job. So I still drove without a license. I got cost some more. Got more tickets. It wasn't until I was 29 years old where I was able to clean that up. And that's because I got with a lawyer who was able to, like, help me. And it was based, uh, a lawyer I got information from when I was finally got to working with a, in a nonprofit industry. And they had connections to a lawyer that could help me out you know to uh, clean my record up. I was 29 based on just getting a bunch of tickets. This is what you talk about uh, Joanna is a uh, poverty tax, right? It's a lot of yeah. yep. uh, tax just because you're poor in society, right? And what we have to just be real about is it's not like it's happened by accident. this is it, 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 that's ne- is necessary because that, it's necessary because it's needed by the system to operate the way it does. Yeah, A lot of times we always act like it's coincidence or it's just happenstance. No, this is the system working accordingly, right? Right. And we have to be, like, real about that. This is not happening by accident. You don't get a 1 in 36 incarceration rate by accident.
1: Yeah, that's by design. And And I mean, like, and then you can take it up the social ladder, too, and and, because I've talked to, you know, people who live in suburban, really nice suburban areas with, like, great Public, smooth public roads, not a pothole in sight, and great public services. In terms of the police, will show up in five minutes, no problem, every single time. But they also don't have a problem with Elon Musk making thirty-six billion dollars in a day and paying net zero in income taxes. Uh, they have no problem with that. They think that's great. So your my point is is that you're living in an area with great the top in a really segregated area where your area has great public services and roads tax funded services but you hate taxes mm. did your brain break it should have so it it you know so it, it it like you said like them playing people and tricking people it's like how do you come to that conclusion that's not even a logical conclusion to come to you know that you think that it's bad for people to get taxed, but you're sitting in an area where taxpayer-funded dollars are sustaining your higher quality of life than across the street, you know, because of systemic issues. It's fascinating,
0: it just, you know? It just makes us have to do, like, just commit our, commit ourselves to, like, even more, like, yeah, we're going to have to just get very, very serious about public education. This is all you needed at the grassroots, because... If we don't organize at the grassroots and we just wait on like some folks with a privilege to do it, they're going to make so many compromises. It's going to be okay with so little bit of crumbs. We're going to lose millions to uh, poverty. We're going to lose millions to suffering. And that's why we really got to talk about and make real the contradictions and make real the conditions people live in. And so many times you just drive around and people don't even they're not even angry about the conditions. Because they think this is just how, yeah, normal. how, like, this is yeah, how it's right. supposed to be. Yep. This is how it's supposed to be. And that is completely uh, not true, right? We, how we disheartening. Always... you kind of, no, going no, yeah,
2: I was just going to like, I'm trying to like think of what you're saying. It's just like, how disheartening is it that like people are just out here thinking that it's not going to get better. Like that it's this is how it, it was for my parents. This is how it is for me this is how it's going to be for my kids, like Mm. to destroy somebody's imagination to even think of better. It's, it's heartbreaking. Like Mm. to think that we have just, they literally took our imaginations and destroyed them. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And then you add together like issues like climate and it's like some older, some like elder, elderly Like my grandparents, my parents' generation, some of them get it and some of them could care less, you know, and some of them understand that climate and and ecological situation is really, really bad right now. But they also don't care. And they'll openly say, well, that's your generation's problem. We're going to be dead by the time. It's like they don't like how do you not have empathy for your own kids? How do you care that little? It's not funny. You know, for 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 me to be sitting there with two generations of people older than me saying "have fun with the apocalypse," you know yeah, no, that right. that that's extremely irking. You know, but
0: that for us to like really turn the system around, we got to start with ourselves, right? So, what are you? What part of the the social status are you willing to sacrifice? I got one. I will shop at Audis. I will shop at Aldi uh-huh. and, and not look down on shopping at Aldi's, you know, because my, my shopping For context,
2: folks, for contact folks, Rafi be coming at me because I shop at Aldi.
0: Yes, uh-huh. I am an elitist about shopping at Aldi's. I do traffic <laughs> so in look. the Metro marts. I, am, I, will, I will no longer, you know, make fun of Joanna about shopping at Aldi. My, my uh, coming at about, Audie is because of my trauma for being roasted for shopping at Audis. Mm -hmm. This is how hurt people hurt people. I'm sorry, (laughs) I I will not do that. I will let go of that old trauma and I will go to Audis, bag my own groceries, and eat like. (laughs) Do
2: you like? Do you really remember like when you decided like that shit was for the birds? Like I am not. Out here caring about what the next person thinks about my shoes, what I'm driving, if I did my hair today. Like, did you ever think about like when that happened for you? Like for for me, it didn't happen. I feel like it didn't happen until my late 20s. And now, and there are still some things that I yeah, right like I, I got to think about. But like it, that, I I can't tell you that was like a freeing moment, right? Like, and maybe it was getting out of high school, but like it was so freeing to just finally be like what? What is this system that I am like choosing to participate in? Like, if you know, there's we have little power in things. Right. But I felt like that was one of them that I was just like, I do not care if I don't have fresh air forces. Yes, I am going to crease my air forces and I'm still going to wear them proudly.
1: I guess I was doing it for different things, one at a time since about maybe 17, you know, and then I actually stopped like transitioned into that like not caring, you know what I mean, about how other people perceive, as long as I'm comfortable in it myself completely. Probably when I was like early twenties, once my life kind of stabilized and um I had enough independence in terms of living on my own and stuff. You know, I guess it was a gradual kind I'd of thing.
0: Lying. Yeah, I'll be lying if I say I was fully over it still I still happens, right? You know, and right. I'm waiting for Joanna to fess up to her elitism. I'm waiting for her to apologize to my <laughs> Rav for the deal I, with love,
2: her the <laughs> I
0: the love the Rav. I love the Rav. That she made sly jokes about when I was riding her. You know, pulled up, <laughs> always pulled up next to me with the nice equinox looking down on me. I want to hear from you that you apologize to the Ravi. Go ahead, make it happen.
2: I apologize to the Ravi and may she rest in peace.
1: Man, I've been in a Tesla once. I'm not gonna say whose Tesla <laughs> it was, but it was a it was a local elected official and dude as a Tesla. That thing makes no sound at all. It, it was like a future car. It's crazy. Tesla are, nice. <laughs> are nice, but they're anti-union, so I won't get one. <laughs> yeah, $36 billion in a day proves it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, let's. Any closing thoughts, guys?
0: No, I just want to tell the general public, thank you for listening to us rant for about 45 minutes. That was good. <laughs> you know, I think we need one of these episodes every now and then to get some stuff on our chest. And this is how it sounds right before we jump on air sometimes. So it was good that we just push play or push record this time. So this is, how, this is our thoughts, unfiltered, without yeah. the pod father.
2: Yes, unfiltered thoughts. Um, and I encourage everybody else to have these conversations in your in the different spaces that you're in because we gotta let this stuff out, right? Like, it, holding it in is just gonna like eat away at us, and that's not good for anybody. Um, let's like continue to have these types of conversations, whether you're shooting the shit with your friends, your cousins.
1: Stories Maybe want they're... to be shared and information wants to be free. That's fundamental. As the
2: journalist, there we go.
1: <laughs>
2: All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next time.
1: Bye bye. All right,
2: y'all.
1: Hey. What up?